did she do? Woman Jacker, hello. I am Samsara and you are listening to What Did She Do? Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge this podcast is created in Nam and the lands of the Kulin Nation and thank them for allowing us to tell our stories here. What Did She Do? is a podcast which features reviews written by myself and keeps you up to date with live theatre and events in Melbourne. Midsummer Festival is coming to a close soon, but there's still plenty to see before it is finished. Chicago the Musical is still on at the State Theatre at Arts Centre Melbourne. The show is playing all the way through to the 21st of February. The season cannot be extended though, so you need to get your tickets now. And you can find out more at chicagothemusical.com.au. MTC's Home I'm Darling is playing in the Sumner Theatre. This season has been extended to the 22nd of February. For bookings and more information, you can head to mtc.com. Darlin, it's the Genie Little Show, has also had its season extended to the 8th of February. I am featuring my review of this show shortly, but for tickets and information, you can contact The Butterfly Club at thebutterflyclub.com.au. The Melbourne Spiegel Tent has 20 fabulous years of Tammy Brown for one night only tonight. For bookings, contact themelbourspiegeltent.com.au. Gasworks is presenting Big Glittery Shit Show from the 4th to the 8th of February in their main theatre and Adam by Francis Poet in the Studio Theatre. You can book tickets at gasworks.org.au. TheatreWorks has leopard print loincloth on from the 4th to the 8th and here is more information. Leopard print loincloth is dirty, hilarious and brutally honest. Following sellout seasons of the Hallandale nude footy calendar and fraternal, boundary-pushing queer theatre company Kissing Booth returned to Midsummer Festival to present their latest work in association with TheatreWorks. This time they're turning their thirst for provocation and liberation on the modern Australian man. Leopard print loincloth is a dirty, hilarious, brutally honest jog through the prickly field of contemporary Australian masculinity, taking inspiration from country music, hashtag toxic masculinity, and Nick Revolt's nudes, leopard print loincloth examines the requirements, expectations, and idiosyncrasies that come with manhood. Leopard print loincloth was developed in collaboration with a community of over 60 Melbourne men and is led by the award-winning creative team of Dominic Weintraub and Jake Stewart. Inspired by a symphony of diverse testimonies, leopard print loincloth is a fragmented invitation to spend some time with what's underneath the flannel and the business shirts. Kissing Booth is an award-winning theatre company known for interrogating, polarising and taboo subject matter. They are fixated on the darker regions of the human experience without ever losing their taste for glittery gayness. This production is proudly supported by TheatreWorks, the City of Port Phillip, YLAB, the University of Melbourne Theatre Board and the Office for Women. It is directed by Dominic Weintraub, written by Jake Stewart, performed by Joel Beasley, Eamon Dumphy, Ben Goss, Max Greenham, Louis Kemp Makita and Reese Wilson. The dates are the 4th to the 8th of February. The times are Tuesday to Saturday at 9pm. Tickets are $20 and bookings can be made at kissingboothproductions.com. The venue is TheatreWorks, 14 Ackland Street, St Kilda and the duration is 110 minutes with an interval. If you're into something a bit more musical, you can check out Belinda Hahn Reed, Love Rorum, at 45 Downstairs on the 5th and 6th. For more information and bookings, head to 45downstairs.com. La Mama is bringing us some physical theatre with rehearsal for death from the 6th to the 9th. And here is more information about this one.
Rehearsal for Death is a glorious exploration of life's only certainty. In this physical theatre piece, Rebecca Stewart and Sophie Thompson dance through mortality, decay and grief, taking inspiration from storytelling and ritual, as well as the many deaths that happen to us along the way. The dancers revel in our shared impermanence and measure the weight of mortality on the living. With a blend of improvisation and choreography, Rehearsal for Death carries the audience through a passage bearing many portraits of death. The pain of loss, the beauty of decay, the exhilaration of temporariness and the chaos of grief. Rehearsal for Death was originally inspired by the photographic works of Francesca Woodman and the notion of self-portraiture as life-preserving. This incarnation of the piece goes further by delving into the countless ways we experience death and asking how can we embrace death in our living bodies. Stewart is a multidisciplinary contemporary artist exploring an alternative aesthetic to the traditional and romantic landscape, whilst also exploring the potentials for art and dance to coalesce. Thompson is a dance artist and a law student whose dance practice centres on the joy of pushing the limits of the mind and the body. Thompson and Stewart have been collaborating since 2014. The season runs from the 6th to the 9th of February. The times are Thursday, Friday and Saturday at 7.30pm and Sunday at 4pm. The venue is La Mama Courthouse, 349 Drummond Street, Carlton. Tickets are $30 for adults, $20 concession and bookings can be made by calling 03 9347 6948 or head to lamama.com.au. The Melbourne Spiegel tent is getting busy with The Gazer Revolting on the 7th and Bearlesque on the 8th. For bookings, head to melbourspiegeltent.com. Here's another one for music lovers. The Abbotsford Convent Oratory has an orchestral reimagining called Chlorophyll from the 6th to the 9th. And here's a little bit more information about that one as well. Forest Collective and emerging alternative pop artist Max Lawrence join forces to premiere an orchestral reimagining of Lawrence's pop debut EP, Chlorophyll, as part of Midsummer Festival. A conceptual song cycle exploring the process of spiritual and emotional healing, Chlorophyll is a sonic journey encapsulating both darkness and light. It reflects on growing from pain and states of apathy and depression to ultimately reconnecting with ourselves and the world around us through music, love and an appreciation of the beauty of nature. Artistic Director Evan J. Lawson is proud to be returning to the Midsummer Programming in 2020. The performers will wrap you in the warm and sumptuous melodies of Lawrence as he leads you into the sun-soaked world of chlorophyll, performed for the very first time with a 10-piece chamber ensemble conducted by Evan Jay Lawson. The show features arrangements by Alex Morris and Matt Hurst. This unforgettable evening of moving, dynamic and cathartic live performance at the iconic Abbotsford Convent is not to be missed. The dates are the 7th to the 9th of February. The times are Friday 7.30, Saturday 7.30 and Sunday 3pm. The venue is the Abbotsford Convent Oratory, Sacred Heart Building, St Helier Street, Abbotsford. And tickets are from $25 and you can get them at midsummer.org.au. All the broken in me You held the shards although it hurt Your earth you give me selfless I'm a canvas that you
Finally, MTC is bringing Benjamin Law's newest play, Torch the Place, to Fairfax Studio. And let me tell you a little bit more about that one as well. Torch the Place, sparking joy in the clutter. Benjamin Law's debut play, Torch the Place, will have its world premiere on Friday the 14th of February at Arts Centre Melbourne, directed by Dean Bryant from Lady in the Van. This poignant modern comedy commissioned as part of MTC's Next Stage Writers Program stars Michelle Lim Davidson, Utopia, Diane Lin, who was in The Farewell, Fiona Choi, who has been in The Family Law, Max Brown from The Gloaming, and Charles Wu from Doctor Doctor. Littered with Law's signature wit, Torch the Play sparks joy in the clutter of life and uncovers meaning in those chaotic moments that bring families closer together. Teresa's mum finds it impossible to let anything go, from grudges to household objects. She thinks of her home as a museum full of irreplaceable treasures, but she's not really a curator, she's a hoarder, and her house is enough to give Marie Kondo heart palpitations. When her children return home for her 60th birthday, it isn't a reunion, it's an intervention. Benjamin Law is a Sydney-based journalist, columnist, TV screenwriter and broadcaster. He's the author of the memoir, The Family Law, travel book, Geisha, Adventures in the Queer East, both nominated for Australian Book Industry Awards, the quarterly essay, Moral Panic 101, and editor of Growing Up Queer in Australia. Benjamin also created and co-wrote three seasons of the multi-award winning TV adaptation of The Family Law for SBS, still the most viewed comedy on SBS On Demand. Benjamin co-hosts ABC Radio National's weekly national pop culture show, Stop Everything, and has featured in TV shows including Q&A, The Drum, The Project, Filthy Rich and Homeless, and Waltzing the Dragon. In 2017, Benjamin was commissioned to write a play for MTC as part of the company's Next Stage Writers Program. Torch the Place is his first play. Dean Bryant has previously directed for MTC, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Lady in the Van, An Ideal Husband, Wild, Vivid White, Born Yesterday, Skylight, I'll Eat You Last, and Next to Normal. For Hayes Theatre Company, he's directed Assassins and Sweet Charity, which won a Helpman Award, and Little Shop of Horrors which won a Sydney Theatre Award. For Opera Australia, he has directed Two Weddings, One Bride, and Anything Goes, which was also a Gordon Frost production. Other credits include The Skin of Our Teeth at VCA, Once We Lived Here for a London Season, Dream Song at Theatre Works, Straight at Red Stitch Actors Theatre, The Last Five Years, and Five Musicals for the Production Company. With composer Matthew Frank, he wrote Green Room award-winning musicals Prodigal and Once We Lived Here, as well as Virgins, a musical Threesome, The Silver Donkey, and an Amy Winehouse musical for Channel 10's Mr and Mrs Murder. The pair just debuted a musical version of My Brilliant Career. Bryant created verbatim piece Gabies for Midsummer and Darlinghurst Theatre Company. And Bryant is a worldwide associate director of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the musical, and is a graduate of WAPA. Torch the Place is directed by Dean Bryant. The set is designed by Isabel Hudson. Costumes are by Kat Chan. The lighting designer is Amelia Lever-Davidson. And the composer and sound designer is Clemence Williams. The dates for Torch the Place are the 8th of February to the 21st of March. And the venue is the Fairfax Studio at Art Centre Melbourne. Tickets can be acquired at mtc.com.au or by calling 03 8688 0800.
My feature review this week is Darling, It's the Genie Little Show. Who are Darling? Darling, It's the Genie Little Show is on from the 27th of January to the 8th of February. It's an extended season and it's downstairs at the Butterfly Club. It is written and directed by Kieran Carroll and performed by Caroline Ferguson. The design is by Tracy Hogan. Long before Lady Gaga shot to fashion fame with the help of her House of Gaga, Australia had Jeannie Little doing it all on her own and long before Gaga wore the meat dress, Little was wearing the toast dress and showing off her bangers and mesh millinery. The true monarch of cut price couture and the high queen of outrageous fashion, the life and times of this all-Australian icon has been brought to the stage at the Butterfly Club by writer Kieran Carroll and actor Caroline Ferguson. In Darlin' it's the Jeannie Little Show. Jeannie Little is the kind of celebrity once encountered who is never to be forgotten. There are a lot of tryhards, but what made Little so amazing is she was the real deal. If you ever heard her talk, you could never forget her voice with those overly elongated vowels and that deep strine and, of course, her catchphrase, Ooh, ah, darling! Unlike many wannabes, though, this was just Little speaking the way she always spoke. And then there was her amazing fashion. Again, this was real. She was a designer and a seamstress and made all those incredible outfits she is so famous for herself. Between the clothes and the voice, Little packed an entertainment punch. As the London Evening News wrote after her appearance on Parkinson, what a woman. With her in the house, you wouldn't want a TV. Little's rise to fame was accidental. She was running a boutique and had made her own maternity clothes. A guest pulled out of the Mike Walsh show with no notice and after a quick bit of research by the producers, Little was called in on the spot. She was so amazing, they gave her a permanent segment and thus the fairy tale begins. Little took to TV like a duck to water, but the show had little to no budget for this segment, so Little became a genius at creating haute couture items out of everyday materials. She is known for her amazing gowns made out of rubbish bags and other plastics and her edible hat range, for example. She was deeply connected to the Sydney gay scene through her husband, Barry, and I'm sure her popularity there was also to do with her amazing drag queen style. Who says women can't be drag queens? One of the nice touches in this show is the presence of a lovingly made replica of an iconic orange plastic gown created by Hogan. I wasn't as convinced by the rest of the costumes, but did give a little cheer and nudge to my plus one when the Sydney Opera House collar came out. Who can forget her amazing collars? I also spent an inordinate amount of time admiring the feather armbands and wondering if I could make something like that for myself. Ferguson is a very credible genie little. I think there were some nerves in this performance and my one piece of advice is to go hard. You cannot overplay genie little. You can only underplay her and this did happen a bit in the show. Carol, the writer and director, needs to give Ferguson permission to laugh harder, elongate every second vowel and just have fun. This was the magic of Jeannie Little. Every moment of her public existence was a celebration of the energy of life. This show needs to embrace that energy just as Little did. The script is fun and captures all of the key moments we remember of Little's life, her highs and some of her lows. As much fun as Little had, there were and are also some challenges. The hardest hit of all is the Alzheimer's she developed in 2009.
Her daughter Katie has written a book about her mother's life. Catch a Falling Star is mentioned in the show and in one of the many touching moments Ferguson tells us about Little's relationship with her daughter and her husband. It is worth noting Little is still alive but for her daughter there are two women. The genie Little we all remember who is gone and the woman who is here now but doesn't remember anything. In the script, Carol uses the onset of Alzheimer's as the frame for the show, and it is there right from the very start. I think this is a bit of a mistake because I don't know how many people are actually aware of this condition. I know, I just assumed she had died. The way it is currently handled, it comes across more as though Ferguson can't remember her lines, at least until we are able to work out it is a dramatic device being used. I think the show would be stronger if the condition developed as the show goes on, rather than bringing it in right from the start. I think it would be more impactful and heartrending for us to experience it the way the family had to. Darling, It's a Genie Little Show covers all the big moments and reminds us she was a star in her own right once her performing wheels got going. Not only being a TV personality in The Mike Walsh Show and Beauties and the Beast, Little toured one-woman stage shows for more than a decade and in this show we get to imagine how amazing she would have been. Darling, It's a Genie Little Show has some of the same problems as Carol's other show touring this year, New. It hits all the Australian iconic catchphrases and moments of glory, but still lacks a depth of insight into her thinking, her emotional dynamics and herself. It tells the story of Jeannie Little but doesn't quite tell her story about herself and perhaps because I am a woman I kind of wanted some of that insight. Having said that, this is a show which is going to go off like a bomb in RSLs and town halls around the country, I reckon. There are a couple of songs, a privacy screen I was plotting to take home with me, and a creditable array of wigs and frou-frou to laugh at and admire. Check out the show and have one more laugh with the incredible Jeannie Little. And I gave Darlin' It's the Jeannie Little Show three stars. If you would like to comment on this review, you can go to whatdidshethink.com and have your say in the comment section under the review. This week, I also reviewed The Boy I Paid For and Homophonic, and you can read these reviews at whatdidshethink.com. You can also invite me to review a show through the Contact Me gadget on the left of the page. If you want my reviews as soon as they come out, you can follow me by email. Just fill out the field to the left of the review. And now it's time for something special. This week we have an intriguing excerpt from Leopard Print Loincloth, which is opening at TheatreWorks on the 4th of February. For more information, head to theatreworks.org.au. Not to be a cunt. No, no, please be a cunt. He was a good, a great actor, very talented. Very talented man. Yes, very talented. But he was better, I thought, before he took his shirt off. Yes, I agree. It's a fair remark. A very talented man, but with inadequate torso treats. Look what I'll write. Fine with shirt on, shit with tits out. He does have time to do some push-ups if we want him. Would you like to bring that up with him? Oh no, I absolutely don't. Casting with you is such an odd thing. You always want to pigmalion people. Because I see things. I'm sorry, I see things in actors and I trust it. Because sometimes, just sometimes, you get a wonderful Jonathan Lamont. Wonderful Jonathan Lamont was a singular success story and a miracle that you had nothing to do with. But he was so tortured and so strong. Because of my direction and because of a good script. And because every night before he'd go on, I'd whisper to him, Use your parents' divorce. What about that second guy we saw? Which one? Oh, you know the one. Watered-down British accent, buck teeth, claws. Look, I'm not sure. 
the problem with all the men today, theatre is an aesthetic medium. Mm. An aesthetic medium, and aesthetically, what we've seen today has been much less medium and more of just low. Mm. And for these parts, we really need... For these roles, we really need high. 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 Next week, we have a bit of a break as Midsummer finishes and before Asiatopa takes over Melbourne, but there is still some fantastic theatre to see. From the 11th to the 16th, La Mama is presenting Unsuckle, which asks the question when and if to become a mother. For bookings and information, head to lamama.com.au. The Malthouse also kicks off its 2020 season next week with the importance of being earnest. This show is a comedy of lies and plays from the 14th of February to the 8th of March in the Merlin Theatre. You can find out more at malthousetheatre.com.au. What Did She Do is created by myself, Samsara. If you like what you heard today, you can leave a tip or if you want to support me to keep doing what I'm doing, you can become a financial subscriber from just $1 a month. Just follow the tip jar link in the show notes. You can get my reviews hot off the press as they come out by following whatdidshethink.com by email. Also, if you like a bit of fiction in your podcast mix, you can check out my other podcast, Samsara's Dramas, scripts straight from my pen to your ears via an amazing ensemble of actors. Let's catch up again next week. What did she do?